Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome, everyone, to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you have tuned in today and you are listening. And we get to be together to encourage one another, bless one another. For you to call in, as you just heard that call-in number, 303-690-3000. And grab one of those open lines early, and we're going to go to the phone lines as soon as the calls come in and ask your questions about the Bible or our worldview on certain things, uh, uh, about Christian living. Uh, We want to be able to take you to the Word of God and to encourage you in any way that we can. Also, I want to um, just let you know there's another means for you to be able to uh, be a part of the program, not only asking questions, uh, but giving your prayer request, because that is what Calvary Live is about, to just be able to minister to you in any way that that we can and to encourage you. So if you have a prayer request, if you need prayer, please give us a call. Again, the call-in number is 303-690-3000, and then the text line is 720-336-0897. That's for texting only, but go ahead and text in a prayer request in a uh, question and during this hour of Calvary Live, we will go to that um, text line as we need to fill in some time. But really, we'd love for you to call, have the conversation. Want to welcome all those who are listening in on Grace FM, uh, Colorado, uh, along the Front Range of Colorado into Southern Wyoming on two different stations. Welcome. My name is Jeff Figs. I'm from Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. What a beautiful day that we have and. Uh, a lot different than the cold that we had last week, freezing cold. Uh, we actually got some warm weather, and in the 60s, this is the time of year where it kind of teases us, doesn't it? We have a few nest, nice days, and then we'll get winter back, but uh, we just continue to pray for the moisture that we need and in the mountains. But we have a beautiful day today, and I hope you're doing well. Give me a call. Love to hear from you, 303 690 is the call-in number. I want to welcome all those who are listening live today on the last day of February. Uh, Radio by Grace all throughout the country on over 70 stations. And then also uh, those who are listening in online. Uh, we welcome you and even international listeners. Uh, we are so grateful that you're able to join us. And uh, we even have a listener from Ukraine. So I'd like to take a moment, just pray for um, you know our brothers and sisters in Ukraine, I just want to say how they, uh, what a testimony to me as we see the images of them worshiping the Lord and praising God and just their bravery and their resolve. And so, Father, we do pray for them. We just pray that you would uh, just be with their brothers and sisters in Ukraine, that the Lord has wars come to them. Um, And Lord, we just uh, ask that you would help them, embolden them, strengthen them. Uh, Lord, we just pray for the nation of Ukraine and uh, as they fight for their independence, and we lift them up to you. And, Lord, we know that the nations are subject to you. I pray that um, that you would just put it 
uh, into the hearts of the leaders of Russia to pull out. But Lord, uh, it's hard to know what to pray sometimes during this time, but we do lift up the people of Ukraine to you during this time and during this very difficult time. And we just uh, lift this whole situation up to you. And we thank you for their example in every way. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we want to also just welcome all those who are listening in on Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio. You are week delayed as you're listening on those radio networks. But you do get to call in on those uh, radio networks uh, or on uh, the call-in number from those uh, as you're listening to those uh, radio networks, 303-690-3000. We will have our conversation, and then you get to listen to it next week. So I just want to let you know about that. Um, we had uh, a listener, uh, and again, we got all open lines. Grab one of those open lines, and grab it early, because sometimes as the show goes on, those lines fill up, and I always feel kind of bad when we get to the end of the show and people have been waiting, and so would love to talk to you, and we'll go to those phone lines. But a listener... Um, was asking and um, just called but wasn't able to be on the air, is what is your view on or God's view on some pastors that enrich themselves with church contributions? And um, and she gave an example of a pastor who has full control of all funds regardless of his board and all of that. You know, I think that there needs to be accountability. There needs to be uh, pastors that have the servant's heart and the shepherd's heart, being good stewards of God's uh, money. And uh, unfortunately, there are some uh, that uh, have enriched themselves, uh, that have ripped the people off, fleeced the flock instead of feeding the flock, and it's very, very unfortunate. So without being able to go t- into detail uh, about this, um, be careful. Make sure that uh, you have a a uh, church that you're going to, a pastor uh, that is taking very serious the role of serving the people, feeding the people, not fleecing the people, and um, and a good steward of the resources that are given. And, um, and that is something that every pastor is going to have to give an account to. So unfortunately, there's some, some that have, you know, Paul says that those who um, seek gain, stay away from such um, in his letter to Timothy. And, um, you know, those who say that godliness is a means of gain, and the implication was financial gain. Uh, we're not here to uh, get financial gain. Uh, we are here, and it, there's nothing wrong with supporting a pastor and meeting his needs and, and so he can meet the needs of his family. Uh, but is to be done in a way that is honoring the Lord. So just want to pass that along. Hey, got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And by the way, that's a good question. And unfortunately, it's it's something that we see. We see it sometimes on the TV, Christian networks, and, and it just uh, it leaves a bad taste and a bad witness to people. But um, keep calling in. Yes, we got one open line now. Let's go to Augusta, Georgia, where George is on line one. George? Uh, hey, Pastor. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, well, thank you for calling. So I was reading in Galatians this week, and um, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 4, you are trying to be justified by the law. Um, yes. And so you, and have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. And, and I guess the question really has two parts. 
One is, what does he mean that they are following the law? And then what does he mean that it's you're alienated from grace or fallen from grace? Yeah, it, Paul was writing. This is actually Paul's first letter that he wrote. He wrote this after his first missionary journey that you read about in the book of Acts there in chapters 14 and, and um, particularly is most of the um, recorded there, chapters 13 and 14 of the book of Acts. He would go into that area of Galatia and he would uh, establish those churches. Shortly after that, he uh, had those who are called the Judaizers. The Judaizers were legalists, and they would come in behind Paul, and they would tell the Christians that you're not saved by grace alone, by faith in Jesus Christ. There's more to it. Um, it's fine and dandy that you believe in Jesus, but you have to be circumcised, and you have to keep the law of Moses, is what they were saying. We see that very clearly when we go into Acts chapter 15 in the Jerusalem Council, when uh, they are meeting, and they're meeting to decide what is it that we're going to tell these Gentile Christians? Do they have to be circumcised? And there was actually, when you read Acts chapter 15, there was a sect of the Pharisees that were saying that it is necessary for them to be circumcised and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So it was more than circumcision. It was actually to keep the, the law of Moses. And Christianity at that time was in danger of actually just becoming another sect of Judaism. So um, that was a big contention in the early church, was that very thing. And so Paul comes along, who was a champion of grace, and when you begin to read the book of Galatians, it's one of the few epistles that he wrote. Usually he writes you know, a warm greeting uh, to them, and he gives a very short one, but here he says, right away that I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who has called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but some of you trouble you and pervert the gospel. So he begins to address those who are saying that you have to be saved by circumcision. And you can read the epistle, and he says, listen, that isn't what brings salvation to us. And as you read the epistle as a whole, he would go on to say that knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but just uh, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. For the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. So that's very important truth that we need to understand that they needed to be established in. So the Jerusalem Council comes along and says, this is what we're going to tell those Gentile believers, that they don't eat meat offered to idols, and not for the sake of salvation, but for the sake of sensitivity and love to to those Jewish believers that really struggle, as Paul would write to the Corinthian believers, about you know those who are eating meat offered to idols, immorality, because the Gentiles were coming out of you know immorality that was a big thing in their uh, pagan worship and and then meat strangled didn't say anything about being circumcised didn't say anything about keeping the law of Moses didn't say anything about keeping the the sabbath so paul is pressing a point and he goes through you go into chapter 4 he says you observe days and months and seasons and years and how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements which you desire to begin to be in bondage? And then as you ask the question in Galatians chapter 4, 
or chapter 5, verse 4, falling from grace, it all, he's summing everything up and he says that, you know, if you're just going to embrace the law, then you've, you have walked away from that grace, which is, um, you know, uh, it doesn't mean that they lose their salvation. What it is, is that's not going to save you the law. Um, the phrase does not mean that if a Christian sins, he falls from grace and therefore loses his salvation. In a sense, um, it is that you are putting your trust in something that's not going to save you, and that is the law. The law will not justify man. So it's important to keep all of that epistle in mind. There isn't anything that we can do to to earn salvation, to work for salvation. And when anybody comes along, and this is so important, George, and I know I'm kind of, you know, have a long answer to, to your question on this one verse, but people will come along and say, you have to be baptized in order to be saved. No. Or you have to worship on a certain day, or you have to belong to a certain church, or this is what you have to do in order to be saved. What makes Christianity unique is that Jesus paid it all on the cross. He cried out, it is finished. And and you don't put a question mark where God puts a period. It is finished. He paid it all. He paid the price. He did the work. And now we come in faith, and that's what justifies us. So hopefully that helps, and you'll see that as you go through that epistle. Yeah, yes, yes. Thank, thank you very much. That helps a lot. And um, and it. So the person that I was talking, well, a person I was talking to, who I believe knows a lot about the Bible, was talking about was basically saying a person could. I'm going to put it this way, accidentally, you know, be a person who is following the law by being legalistic, or, you know, and and therefore find themselves in this position that they're that Well, they're in, in a, yeah, in a sense, some people become legalistic because they're trying to earn God's favor, they're trying to earn salvation, or they just, they want to be more spiritual. And walking in grace— you know, you read the book of Galatians, read the book of Romans with it as well, because Paul, after he establishes the doctrine of justification, that is by faith alone in chapters 3, 4, and 5 of Romans, then chapter 6 he says that should we continue in sin, that grace abounds? He says certainly not. We're dead to sin. We're dead to those things. We identify with Christ, and we walk in the newness of life. And some people think that if you emphasize grace— which means the unmerited favor of God, that that means that you can just go out and do anything that you want. And it doesn't mean that. You you will do more in grace, in, in living in grace and his love and walking in the Spirit than you ever will do in trying to keep a set of rules and regulations. We are called to walk in holiness. We are called to to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. But here's the thing. Those things don't save us. It is to be an indication that we are saved because I'm a new creature in Christ. And that's when we make that our own, you know, George, when we we say, I get it, I understand that, and walking in his love because I am saved. I want to serve the Lord. You know, not that I have to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I I want to walk in holiness. Uh, Not that I have to or I got to, but I get to because I'm a new creation in Christ. Uh, man, it's wonderful to walk in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So hopefully that that's an encouragement. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much. 
And I appreciate you calling, George. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. Listen, this is so important because there will be those who will come along and say, you're not saved because you don't worship on this day or you didn't do this religious act. And that's what they were facing in the early church. You aren't circumcised. And what that saying is, is that what Jesus did on the cross was not sufficient. And Paul, that's one thing that made his blood boil. Um, to say that, you know, that Jesus' death on the cross is not sufficient for forgiveness of sin and salvation. Um, you know, the New Testament says, listen, he did pay it all. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. Be established in that. And if you want to worship on a certain day, worship on a certain day. You know, we are baptized because it is the command of the Lord. I'm not saying it's not important, but it doesn't bring salvation. Baptism is a declaration that I am saved and I identify with Christ and I walk in the newness of life. So we need to always be established in those things. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. This is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in beautiful northern Colorado with you today on this Monday, the last day of February. So give me a call. Got an open line. Let's go to uh, Laverne in Fort Collins. Laverne? Laverne. Okay, gone. Laverne, if you get a chance, um, give me a call and uh, love to talk to you about those things. But we do have now, I believe, two open lines. So let's go to Troy in Texas. Troy? Yes. You're on Calvary Live. Oh, all right. Thank you very much. You are Uh, welcome. I'm calling in today for a prayer request. Uh Uh-huh. How can we pray for you? Okay, today um, was the final day for submission of facts, findings, and conclusions on a case reversal, possible case reversal. I'm, I'm currently convicted of a crime I did not commit, and today they will... There will be the last submission of anything from either side for the court to take it in its hands and make a decision whether or not to reverse. So I want to lift that up in prayer. We will do that. Father, as we do pray, we pray for Troy as he's praying, uh, asking for prayer, and um, that it would be, uh, as they submit, fact-finding, and uh, that justice would come. And, Lord, that uh, we just pray for him. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would just work in this way. You know everything, and Troy is in your hands. And we just pray that you would work in a way um, that, Lord, that um, Lord, that you desire, that you will. And I just pray that you be with Troy, that you give him peace, you give him rest, you continue to uh, just minister to him and give him strength that he needs. And, Lord, we just commit this whole situation this day to you, And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, show yourself strong and uh, be merciful and gracious in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You bet, Troy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You you bet. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, I believe we got all open lines now as we've been going through the the callers. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. So give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. Pray that you're doing well today. Text line is 720-336-0897. We got, uh, again, pray you're doing well. As we're getting ready to enter into March, and um, 
uh, and uh, man, the year is already going by fast, and uh, and uh, we just are so grateful to be with you. Whether you're on Grace FM or Radio by Grace or listening online, you can call that number, 303-690-3000. And even those of you who are listening on Hope and Truth and High Rock Radio, uh, you can call in and you are a week delayed. So I want to read to you, um, I was thinking of this, and then we're going to continue on with text messages or with the phone lines. Uh, I was watching a, a bald eagle uh, flying over to church uh, this afternoon, and I love those things. They're so beautiful. And I just wanted to uh, encourage uh, those of you who are out there, maybe you're waiting on the Lord. Um, maybe you've been praying about something. Uh, maybe there's a situation that you're in that uh, you're just crying out to the Lord, asking for him to resolve it, uh, just as we just had a caller um, that is asking for prayer in his situation and sometimes it's not always easy to wait on the Lord. It's a very hard thing, but it helps us to grow in Him and to to um, just grow in our faith of Him, mature us, to look to Him. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 is one of my favorite chapters in the book of Isaiah and almost in the entire Bible. But it ends as we read that, Have you not known and have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the Creator, the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those, listen, who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And maybe you've been waiting on the Lord, he desires to strengthen you, to renew you, um, and to just give you that uh, ability to be able to move forward in what he has for you. He also says that those who wait on him, that he'll be compassionate to you, and he will work good in your life. So you keep waiting on the Lord. Trust him. He's going to work. He sees you. You continue to just look to him and trust in him. 303-690-3000 is the calling number. Give me a call if you got a question or like a to pray, let's go to Matthew in Federal Heights in Colorado. Matthew? Hello, Pastor. How are you? Good, thank you for asking. How are you? I'm doing good. All right. The reason I'm calling today is because we had spoken a few weeks ago. I had a dispute with my brother, uh, Joseph, and what had happened was, I'll give you a quick backstory. My mother had passed due to a severe head trauma in a car accident, and then my older brother, Andrew, passed a month later due to COVID. So we had been experiencing some loss. Yeah. I had said some unfavorable things to him, and uh, you gave me some advice reading Romans, in Romans Mm. uh, 8, I believe. And uh, the next day, I was able to reconcile with Joseph. Uh, I wanted to let enough time pass where we weren't still in a state of heated, but not enough time passed that we were being awkward or bitter with each other. And so um, we spoke, and I feel that the Lord gave me the words, and uh, He pointed us, redirected us, and uh, I just wanted to Give all the glory to God 
yes. for him pointing us in the direction we should go. Um, yeah. I'd just like to and ask for continued prayer. Yeah, we're going because you you guys have been through a lot of loss, and you're going through just this time of grieving, and that time of grieving is hard and it's difficult, but God is working, and I'm so you know I'm so I remember the phone call, and um and it, it's that's God's desire is for us to come together, even as you know in Romans chapter twelve as well, is that you know Paul writes he says that you be kindly affectionate to one another and brotherly love, given preference to one another. These things aren't always easy when there's, you know, the the relationship becomes strained, uh, even severed at times. But he says, and if possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And I really believe that God honors that when we have that heart. And, you know, Paul does put in that little... Um, addendum, that little condition, if possible, because sometimes it isn't. But it is God's desire that we come together in those relationships are are healed and restored. And when there's a heart, and it's amazing when we sit down, and, and it takes sometimes real humility to do that. I'll speak for me, you know, to just say, hey, I, I want there to be understanding and clarity between us. May not always be agreement, but uh, for us to come together and for the relationship to be restored. I believe God honors that. But, you know, we're going to continue to pray for you, Matthew, in this time of grieving um, and the loss of your mom and, and everything else that you've gone through. Um, it, it is hard. You're on a hard road, but keep looking to the Lord. As Father, we do. We just lift up Matthew and his brother. I thank you that... Uh, reconciliation has come, and I just pray that they would continue to move forward, that their relationship with each other would grow stronger. And as they go down this difficult journey of grief and sorrow, that you would bring comfort to them, that you bring strength to them. And Lord, that you would just guide them and, and things that that they need to t- talk about and, and moving forward and maybe decisions, things like that. Um, that, Lord, that you would guide them and they'd be patient with one another, even as your word says, being kindly affectionate and just with that that brotherly love and giving honor and preference to one another. And even as Paul would write in Philippians, looking out not only for their own interests, but for the interest of others. And, and Lord, I just thank you for, for that work that you're doing in Matthew. And I just pray for your blessing upon the family that, um, that you would most of all draw them to you, to your comfort, to your strength, and that you would bless them. And Lord, I just thank you for his call. Thank you for his follow-up. And I just pray that um, you would just uh, continue to give them praises and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate your amen. continued support Yeah. prayer. And Matthew, I thank you for calling and following up because I remember that. And I'm just, it just blesses me. And I think that your phone call gives encouragement to others who may be in a similar situation, not the exact situation, but to know that God does want to do a work in bringing restoration and restoring and healing in relationships. Uh, and he, that's his, you know, heart. And uh, and I, I think that sometimes that people um, get, you know, in, especially when it comes to family or close friends, 
the relationships can be severed because there's a digging their heels in and not wanting to to try to reconcile. There are times where it doesn't come, unfortunately, but you give an example and just your praise report that God can do that work. So I thank you for following up, and we'll continue to pray, okay? You're very welcome. Thank you. Have a, have a great rest of your day. You bet, Matthew. Hey, we're getting ready to go to break. We got an open line, 303-690-3000. You hear the music? So on the other side of the break, we'll go back to the phone lines. Mike and William in Atlanta, uh, hang on. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls, but we'll be right back. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live, the second half of the program. So glad that you continue to be tuned in or maybe you're just joining us. This is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions about the Bible or perhaps that you have a prayer request, and we want to minister to you the word of the Lord. We want to present you before the Lord and before his throne of grace, as Hebrews chapter 4 declares, in time of need. And he invites us to do that. So uh, call in as you have a prayer request, and we've been doing that in the first half of the show. So we got an open line, 303-690-3000. As you just heard the call-in number, grab one of those open lines. Love to talk to you. And then the text line, 720336 0897. I just want to add that that text line is a 24-7 prayer line that you can text in a prayer request. And the prayer team, the the uh, the pastoral staff at Calvary Church in Aurora, where Grace FM originates, will be praying for you. And I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful resource. So also very quickly before we go back to the phone lines, I just want to remind you that at Calvary Chapel Greeley here, we are in the book of Daniel, and we just opened up chapter 2. Uh, we began to look at the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and um, he uh, wants the dream to be revealed to him and the interpretation of the dream, and Daniel does that. And we're going to look at that in detail next Sunday. Chapter 2 of Daniel is called The Backbone of Bible Prophecy. As he tells of the Gentile kingdoms and empires that will be on the scene from the time of Babylon to the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's an incredible study um, and very relevant to what we're seeing today. Uh, We know that uh, the nations play a role in the end time scenario in the latter days, and it's very important for us to have an understanding of that. So we want to invite you to come out to the book of Daniel, which has been called the most interesting book in the Bible as we see the prophecies that are going to be given to us concerning the latter days. And so we invite you, if you're in the Greeley area, northern Colorado, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock, get on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, that's O-R-G, for directions. We'd love to have you come. A lot of people coming out to the study. And uh, for you who are listening, if you want to listen to that study online, you can go on the website and catch up uh, on Daniel that we've been in for the last three weeks. And uh, you can also watch live on Calvary Chapel Greeley at 930 
and 11 o'clock. That is Mountain Standard Time. And we have more and more people that are listening in. It's a wonderful study. So just wanted to pass that along. 303-690-3000, the calling number. we got an open line. Text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Mike in Greeley. Mike? Oh, oh, hi, hi, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for taking taking my call. Uh, I uh, thank you, you for your program. I called in a couple of times before. Uh, Good, we, thank you. Uh, we have like three. Uh, we have a couple of friends. We meet every Monday to discuss current events and prophecy. And Good. oftentimes we get we get stuck. And I tell them I'm going <laughs> to call Pastor Jeff. He, he'll know the answers. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll do my best. Our, our question is: uh, You know, we were discussing. You know, uh, you know, with all the stuff going on with Ukraine, we were wondering, you know, we were thinking, well, that could possibly lead to the Gog and Magog War. And then we uh, got to talking about whether the uh, third temple, ma- temple will be built on the Temple Mount where the Dome of the Rock is uh, is currently. And, and we thought, well, the, we, we just speculate, we just discuss things, and we thought, well, maybe the Gog-Magog War... Uh, God is going to supernaturally intervene and cause this great earthquake where all the mountains are going to be thrown down and cliffs and uh, all the walls will tumble to the ground. And we got to think, just speculating, could that, could that destroy the Dome of the Rock? And is that where the third temple is going to be built, do you think? Yeah. You guys are going to have an interesting discussion tonight is, you know, one of the uh, questions that have come in, and I've been getting asked a lot, uh, with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, is Putin Gog? Gog, Ezekiel 38 is the title, and then Magog is the reference, many scholars believe, uh, to that area up in Russia, so a direct reference to Russia. And there's a couple different things that are here um, to consider in, in your discussion that you guys have tonight. The exact timing of Ezekiel 38, we don't know. We do know that Ezekiel 38 is very clear that it, it will be in the latter days. So some scholars believe that it will take place um, in the middle of the tribulation period that will lead to the end of the tribulation period, the Battle of Armageddon. Um, I think that most of our listeners, perhaps just for their sake, Ezekiel 38 speaks of um, a confederation of nations uh, led by Russia, Iran, Turkey, uh, some of the other Islamic nations, Libya, Kush, which could be uh, Sudan, you know, that area, a large invasion into Israel, and God will destroy those armies. Uh, it is a war that has not happened. It's more of a battle than anything. And uh, we don't know exactly the timing of it. There are others um, that believe that perhaps it will take place in the beginning of the tribulation period. As we read Revelation chapter 6, and it speaks about how uh, war has broke out, and um, uh, and so that is the suggestion. Some have suggested that Ezekiel 38 will take place before the tribulation period. People ask, will Ezekiel 38 happen before the rapture of the church? Um, I don't know. Here's the thing to remember about the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church is a signless event. There's no prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for the rapture of the church to happen. And Jesus he speaks about the imminent return of Jesus Christ very clearly. He says, you be watching, you be waiting, for man comes at a time that you do not know when you're least expected. So we see the imminent 
return of Christ, that doctrine very clear all over the New Testament. So Ezekiel 38, will we see Ezekiel 38? I don't know. Could we? Possibly. Could this invasion of Ukraine by Russia um, be a a stage-setting event that will uh, cause them to be pulled? Remember, when you read Ezekiel 38, you guys can read that, and you can see where God puts a hook in their jaw. God draws them down. And they already have Russia uh, that a lot of people don't know, like 63,000 military personnel in Syria, right there by Israel. And then we know from Ezekiel 38 that Russia is going to embolden itself. Iran will do the same thing, and we're seeing that happen. So, you know, there's some interesting things that are taking place there. Plus, one of the things that we're going to talk about on Sunday um, in when we look at this image that, that Daniel um, is going to interpret for Nebuchadnezzar that he saw in his dream, is going to speak about this revived Roman Empire, and then he gets into more detail about it in Daniel chapter 7, about the ten horns that correlate with the ten toes of Daniel chapter 2. And then this little horn comes up, which is the Antichrist. So there's this revived Roman Empire. So could this invasion help shape that to where Europe is now going to be changing, solidify Europe into what it's going to be in this revived Roman Empire? That's, that's something that you know to watch. But when it comes to the temple now, the temple will be rebuilt. There hasn't been a temple in Jerusalem for 2,000 years. They've already actually, Mike, started building the temple in the sense when we take our trips to Israel, we have stopped a number of times at a place called the Temple Institute. And the Temple Institute is where they have all the furnishings ready to go. Uh, They have trained men in um, you know, sacrifices, what they really need is a building. So the Antichrist, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, is going to make a covenant with Israel for seven years. That's Daniel's 70th week. Daniel chapter 9 is very, very important to understand the timetable of the tribulation period and that when it begins with the Antichrist coming to power, he is conquering on the conquer, Revelation chapter 6, verse 2, riding on a white horse, the first seal. He's going to come as a peacemaker initially, but then he's going to show his true colors. So the temple, could it be built before the tribulation period begins? I suppose, but many scholars of end-time prophecy believe that somehow that peace treaty that the Antichrist comes up with is going to allow them to build the the temple itself. Will it be on the Temple Mount? It seems to be that's where it's going to be because the other prophecies tell us that Jerusalem's going to be a cup of trembling to all the nations. Daniel tells us that the Antichrist is entrenched there in Jerusalem when you read the prophecies there. So he is going to then go into the rebuilt temple, as Second Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us, and he will proclaim himself as God to be worshipped as God in the temple of God, and he will then command the world to worship him, Revelation chapter 13. So it seems like it will be built. Now here's the interesting thing, Mike, um, is that John in Revelation chapter 11, you guys might look at that, he's told to 
measured the temple. And he says that leave out the court, which is outside the temple. Do not measure it, for it has been given to the Gentiles, and they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. So John's told to measure the temple, told not to measure the outer court there, um, outside the temple, because it's been given to the Gentiles. So what does that mean? Is that where the Antichrist is going to build his headquarters there? Or could it be that the Antichrist comes up with some kind of peace treaty? This is speculation, just so everybody knows, that the peace is that they can have their temple on one side, they can have the Dome and the Rock on the other, and they can come up and worship. That's been suggested. It is interesting that north of the Dome of the Rock, there's this uh, original um, piece of stone that's from Mount Moriah that was chiseled flat that a geophysicist by the name of Dr. Asher Kaufman did some research, and he believes that's where the Holy of Holies was. He believes that's where Solomon's temple was. It's an open field right now. So the Jews are going to build their temple. They could build it in that open field, and then the Dome of the Rock could stand, but we don't know for sure. We don't know all the, you know, because you mentioned earthquakes that will happen as Ezekiel 38, um, when those uh, nations are put down. Will it allow, you know, the Dome of the Rock to go? Because right now, that is the hot spot of the world. If the Jews remove the Dome of the Rock, you're going to have every Muslim in the world riding down on Jerusalem. So there's, we don't know exactly how it's going to work out, but we do know that there's going to be a temple. I believe it will be on the Temple Mount, and it will come about as the Antichrist as he makes a peace with Israel for a week, that final seven-year period. They're all ready to go. they got plans and everything. They could build it very quickly. Okay, yeah, I, I was looking at the, the Temple Institute, and I was reading something about, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to take up all your time, but they were, they said that they were looking for a perfect red heifer, right? For some reason, right? Yeah, they've been doing that for a while, and um, but they'll have everything ready to go when the time comes, and um, so you know, we're just we're seeing those birth pangs. So you know, as they talk about you know getting ready for that and the other things that are going on. Remember that Jesus said, when you begin to see these things come to pass, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draws near. And so you guys have a good discussion tonight. Okay. Well, thank thank you so much again. You're always very helpful. (laughs) You bet, Mike. God bless you guys as you meet. Okay. God bless you, Pastor Jeff. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number we got, I believe, an open line. So grab one of those open lines. In the meantime, let's go to Atlanta to William. Hey. William. Hey, Hello. thanks for holding. Praise Lord. You're you on doing? Calvary Live. I'm good. Go ahead. Yes, I was I was calling in with a prayer request. Um I uh, had a, a a hearing a couple of months ago and um it didn't go well and it's it's really uh, trying to ensure my life and uh it wasn't it wasn't fair and it wasn't right and I got a chance to appeal and I'm uh calling in for prayer that you know God would uh move in the situation. Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah we're gonna William we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna pray for that as Father we do. We just 
um, we just pray that as he appeals for the workman comp and uh, Lord, that that you would just take care of him and that uh, what uh, Lord he needs and um, that it would come to pass. And Lord, just help him to look to you. You care about him. You care about his needs. And Lord, as uh, he wasn't treated right, um, Lord, that you make it right because you're the one that is perfectly just and you're the one that cares about us and you supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. So I pray for William and just pray that you would show yourself strong on his behalf, that you would work on his behalf and Lord, that uh, he would find favor with you and and Lord, um, in this decision and situation. So we commit this all to you and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to be, God bless you. We're going to be praying. You. Okay. You bet, William. We'll be praying for you. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Give me a call. we got a couple open lines. Text line is 720-336-0897. And that is um, a 24-7 prayer line for you to call in. Got two open lines. In the meantime, let's go to Gabriel. Gabrielle, excuse me, from Colorado Springs. Gabrielle. Greetings and blessings, Pastor. How are you? I am good. How can we pray for you? Um, I just have a prayer request uh, for my marriage. Um, mm-hmm. That God just continue to increase my wisdom and strength um, to, to um, quit smoking cigarettes and uh, my husband's salvation and that this marriage will not end in divorce and that it will be it will be removed. Um, so just prayer for my family and my marriage. Yeah, Gabrielle, and I'm going to pray for you. You know, and as you have a heart, you desire for your marriage to be restored. I believe God wants to work, and he desires to work and work in the heart of your husband. And, Father, I, I pray for Gabrielle. She calls, and, Lord, she she is, um, right now, she needs you to to move into her marriage and to the heart of her husband, Lord, that um, that you would just, you know this situation, you know his heart, you know the things that have brought this marriage to where it's strained and, and severed right now. But Lord, you're a God of healing and restoration. You're a God of strength. And Lord, I just pray that you be with Gabrielle, give her the strength and wisdom that she needs draw her to you in every way. And Lord, uh, that you would bring this marriage together. And Lord, that you're the one that can change hearts. You're the ones that can work in heart. And Lord, just help Gabrielle also as she desires to quit smoking. Just give her, just heal her. And the, the, you know, this urges and all that that come with quitting uh, nicotine can be very, very hard and difficult, especially in the times of stress. So I just pray that you bring her comfort, that you just help her to give that up. And Lord, just look to you and hang on to you because you're the one that, um, even as I think about Malachi, that you said that uh, that marriage is a holy uh, institution, that you ordain a man and a woman coming together as one. And even as Jesus said that it's God's intention that um, they would remain married for the rest of their lives. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would work in a way to where that would happen. And I just commit all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor. I really, truly appreciate the prayers. I believe in the power of prayer. 
Absolutely. All right, Gabrielle, hang in there, okay? Hang on to the Lord. Amen. You bet. 303-690-3000. For all you who are perhaps going through some marriage difficulties, God wants to work. Keep looking to him. I know it's hard, it's difficult, but know there's a God that cares for you and there's a God that wants to work in your life and and um, just keep looking to him and whatever it is that you may be facing. We got a couple open lines. Let's go to Sharon in Fort Lauderdale. Sharon? Oh, hi. Hi, Pastor. I'm here. Um, thank you How so are much you? for taking my call. I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, a very quick question. As I was saying earlier, um, I'm here. I'm listening to the program. Great program. Great information. We're speaking mm-hmm. about Daniel. We're speaking about, um, you know, the prophecies, whether it be speculation or what we know. But I am here wondering, we're speaking about rebuilding the temple, which the Scripture speaks about. And you mentioned that, you know, um, they're ready to go. They're looking for the sacrifice and all of that. And I'm like, um, wait a minute, you know, and this is something that is always, uh, I've just never been able to find the answer to. At what point are we expecting that Israel as a nation or in greater numbers than they do now, will accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That is a, 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 um, the requirement, you know, Jesus Christ being the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus Christ, that's the way to heaven. So at what point will um, Israel, as God's chosen people, accept Jesus Christ as the Messiah? You know, that, yeah. that is always a- baffled me. Yeah, and and that's a very good question that you're asking, Sharon, because what's going to happen, and to tie it into the temple, that in the middle of the tribulation period, that the sacrifices are going to stop. And it is then at that point that the Antichrist is going to proclaim himself as God, stop the sacrifices. He's going to tell everyone that you need to worship me, because the Antichrist is directly influenced by Satan himself, and that's what's something that Satan has always wanted. He wanted to be worshipped, right? Um, he He's always wanted to be worshipped. Uh, so when the Antichrist does that, then he's going to persecute the Jews very, very heavily. As you read the book of Zechariah, for example, Zechariah talks about that in that time when they are going through the fire, um, that he talks about, um, that I will bring one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, test them as gold is tested, and then they will call on my name and I'll answer them, and I will say, this is my people, and each one will say that this is the Lord my God. And behold, the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord is a term that's used in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And for I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. So, at the end of the tribulation period, and you can read also from Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2 talks about this large army uh, that comes against God's people, and they call for a fast. They they turn to the Lord that at that time their eyes are going to be open, and they're going to realize that Jesus is their Mashiach, even as Paul would write that in that day all of Israel shall be saved. So it looks like that they're going down. It seems to indicate from Zechariah uh, chapter 14 that uh, two-thirds of uh, this, or half of the city falls. 
Um, and it looks like that they're going to go down, but then God intervenes on that, and they call to the Lord and call on the name of the Lord. Remember that even Jesus said uh, when he was weeping over Jerusalem right before his crucifixion, that he said, you will see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So their eyes are going to be opened up, and they're going to recognize Jesus as their Messiah, even as Zechariah talks about that he will pour out on the house of David and in the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me whom they pierce. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieves for him as one grieves for the firstborn. And there shall be in that day a great mourning in Jerusalem like the mourning of Habad Remen. So in the in the land of, in the plains of Megiddo. So it seems to indicate at the end of the tribulation period, as they're going through the fire, going through difficulty, the Antichrist is going to persecute and martyr many, many Jews, as well as the tribulation saints at that time, as he shows his true color. It will be tribulations such as the world has never seen or will ever see again. And then, then there will be a national restoration at the end of the tribulation period, and um, and they will recognize Jesus as their Messiah. So that's when that takes place. Yes, and I am somewhat familiar with that, but I guess my concern is, you know, the, um, Israel is the nation chosen by God. We know that, but and there are devout brethren um, Jews that we know love God. So they may not be around, of course, may not be around for that period where that salvation is seen. So what happens to them, these devout Jews, chosen of God, who have not, who have never or maybe never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior? You know? Well, that's, that's an important, important what you're saying, because there are those who have come up with what's called a, a double covenant. They say that the Jews, because they're God's chosen people, that they're automatically saved. Listen, Jesus said very clearly that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Paul in Romans chapter you know, 9, 10, 11, he talks about you know, how they have rejected, um, you know, they've rejected the Messiah. And, and Paul, he grieved over that, didn't he? You see it. He says, they being ignorant of God's righteousness in chapter 10 and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Um, he says, my heart's desire and prayer for God, for Israel, is that they would be saved. And, and so Paul's writing about that, how he grieved for them because they didn't come into God's righteousness, but seeking the righteousness through the law. And so there's only one way to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. And in chapter 11, he says, blindness has come in part to Israel. Not every, you know, throughout the last 2,000 years, um, there have been those, uh, you know, Jewish believers that have come to Christ. And also in the tribulation period, there's going to be, remember, there's going to be 144,000, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel that are going to come to Christ, and they're going to be evangelists. So they're going to evangelize the whole world. So um, there's only one way to to salvation. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's not a double covenant. 
and um, but there will be a national restoration as God will keep his promises that he gave to them to where in that day all of Israel will be saved, as Paul says, and their eyes will be opened up. So hopefully that, that kind of helps. Yeah, it, it does. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm still always amazed that has God chosen yeah. people, you know, um, the Messiah yeah. is still such a big question sign. But um, it, it absolutely does help. So thank you so very much. You bet, Sharon. Thanks for calling. You're asking good questions. And, you know, we want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We want to pray for them that their eyes would be open, and for all, because Jesus is our salvation. Amen. And um, and so, you know, that's why you see, read those chapters 9, 10, 11. Paul's grieving. He says, oh, they had the ordinances. They had the prophets. That's why Jesus wept and um, over them. Uh, but God's going to work, and um, he's going to open their eyes, and they will come to where they will be gathered as they will believe on him. And, and uh, those are the promises that we see uh, given in Scripture. So thanks for calling. I really appreciate it. Hey, we're at the end of the show. Good questions today. You hear the music. Maybe perhaps you wanted to ask a question or you had prayer. Hey, I'm going to be back on, Lord willing, tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. Calvary Live's at the same time all week long. So we hope you continue to listen. Be blessed. Call in with your questions and also to call in with prayer requests. Have a great evening. Continue to just look to the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.